Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see and hear you guys. It has been a long, long time, and we are grateful to be here, and happy Father's Day to all you dads. Um, So glad that you are a part of this, and we have some gifts. Stephanie put together some Father's Day gifts, some cute little toolboxes there, and I think there's duct tape inside of them, Um, and there's some cookies and treats, so you came on a good day. We've got all the fixings uh, set up, and again, this is something that we are leaning into more and more, right? Uh, It's great to be here. You know, we wanted to, as we are starting to meet again, we wanted to really just kind of try and bring this sense of, okay, we can start again. And I'm going to kind of talk about that a little bit this morning. But I think it was Tuesday, we said, let's paint the building. Um, And so we did. um, And thanks to, again, all the people who helped. I mean, there's been a lot of people involved with that. Eileen, Corrine, cleaning up the place. Val put on the screen doors to, you know, get some air through here. And then Brian helping, uh, Jordan helping. Just a lot of people have contributed so that this could happen and be ready today. Gil, uh, of course, is always the man behind the curtain, making sure everything's happening. Um, And so grateful. And again, the works building is open. So if you have children right now, the children are meeting in our other building where we have some crafts and things for them. We still have a canopy outside with the screen outside. So if you feel uncomfortable being inside, we still have that outside and we'll keep that as long as people are wanting to be out there. Um, But we are going to continue moving forward and trying to develop some things. Even as Alex shared on the announcements, we want to start doing some workshops and things. And I know, Mary, you had mentioned maybe doing something with, you know, painting or art. We want to see those things take place. We are also planning to do a summer series where we want to do uh, two potlucks a month for July, August, and September. And we're going to do these at various people's homes. I know Karina and I are opening our home up. Ben has offered his home. Uh, Brian has offered his home. And if you would like to offer your home, uh, let us know, and we will put you on the calendar. I'm thinking the second and fourth week of each of those months, we can do something, and we'll let you know the details as it comes uh, further along. But we really want to connect again, right? It's been so hard, I know, for all of us to stay connected with more people than outside a small circle, and we want to lean into that so we can more and more so uh, with more people. We figured potlucks would be a great way to kind of lean into that and do that. 
So the, those are some of the things that are taking place uh, coming up, and we're excited to see different workshops uh, develop. We've already got some in the works, and I think we're going to have a lot more uh, as time goes on. So I wanted to talk this morning about something that I hope will find a place in your heart to encourage you and strengthen you. I, I know that I've needed it, and I, I think we all need it in some way. You know, I was watching a series, and I don't know if it was on Netflix or if it was on Amazon or if it was on Hulu. I don't know where I saw this, but there was this series about these restaurants that actually have farms, and the farm produces the food for the restaurant. And depending on what the farm is growing will depend on what the restaurant develops. But these farms are very unique because they're very organic. I thought all farms were organic, but apparently not, right? These aren't those farms where you have rows and rows of almond trees or rows and rows of orange trees. These farms have various trees all working together. And it looks kind of like a, a farm on acid or something, right? I mean, it's just like all these different colors and things going on. And the reason they do it this way is because every tree and all the things that they grow require different nutrients and produce different things that actually feed one another. And so having different trees next to each other helps them in their growth process. They also have livestock that later becomes food um, roaming around and they're eating all the, the overgrowth that's in between the trees and, and these different places. And they allow them to just go freely because they are getting rid of the overgrowth that helps the trees and things to grow. And they also fertilize the place naturally, right? They just go ahead and they poop and that turns into fertilizer. And they also, they don't have fences in these farm. They actually allow predators to come in because what the predators do is they move the livestock to have to go to different places to avoid the predators, which keeps them from staying in the same place and eating stuff where they've also pooped, which could cause disease. And so there's this whole ecosystem happening in this little farm. And it's just like amazing, right? I'm just thinking about this, like, how cool. How cool is this? And we live in a world where these are the things that happen. Everything has this purpose. There is nothing wasted. Even when an animal dies, the carcass within a couple of weeks is completely gone. Nothing but bones left because of the predators and the insects. They eat it. It's gone, right? No waste, and how amazing it is in the world we live in where we need oxygen that trees produce and we exhale carbon monoxide with trees need to produce. And there's this cycle that is just so wonderful and so mind-blowing. And I started thinking that maybe creation is reflecting what God is doing, not just in nature, but in our lives. Maybe he uses everything, every circumstance to produce something that is of necessity for us. And so I started thinking about Moses and I love the story of Moses because of where he came from and what he accomplished. Because it, it seems like 
such, so many things were against him. And so we're going to look at Acts chapter 7. Here is a sermon, if you will, by Stephen. It's the only one he gave that we know of because after this one, he was killed. He was stoned to death. But if you can, open your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 7. We're going to start at verse 20. And it starts and it says, at that time, and we're going to get to what at that time means a little bit later. Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. Now, I want to let you guys know that this isn't exclusive for Moses. Now, other translations that says he was beautiful to behold, I think this is true for every child. I know it's true for my grandchildren. I think what happens, though, is we're not born ordinary, but tragically and possibly we end up living ordinary lives. And even though everyone is not ordinary, it doesn't mean we are all the same, and that's the beauty of what God does. But he continues, he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. And when he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. If you don't know the story, Pharaoh was killing all the firstborn of the Egyptians, and that's why this, or the Hebrews, that's why this is taking place. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. Now, what I like about this story is how, again, it it takes a person who had everything pitted against him 
and looking at his circumstances, there's no reason to expect great things to come from him, but they do. And it starts off in verse 20, and it says, at that time. And what this means, it's saying that it really was not a good time. You see, it was at that time that Pharaoh decided to deal with the Israelite slaves and kill the firstborn male of each of the families because they were growing in number and they were afraid that they were going to affect their population. So it's happening at a time of genocide, a time when they felt threatened. So a decision was made to kill the firstborn. It was at a time when Moses' mother, in desperation, put him in a basket into the Nile River where there was the danger of predators, the danger of drowning, because those dangers were a better choice than the ones she had at that time. And then it's, it, it takes this turn, right? You, you start seeing how these are all strikes against him. These are all deficits that he faces. And maybe we can look at our lives and say, at that time when there was a pandemic, at that time when we were estranged from friends and family, at that time where we lost loved ones because of this pandemic, at that time where people have lost jobs, have people have lost so many things, have lost sanity. A time of deficit, a time where you look at your circumstances and you see things are pitted against you. Some people, their parents were a hindrance to their growing up in a healthy environment. He was, the story is taking place at that time. And then it says when he was placed outside. He was placed outside of the Israelites. He no longer was with his people, and he was taken by Pharaoh's daughter and raised in the home of the person who was trying to kill him. Talk about family problems, right? You're living on this thin ice. Circumstances has alienated him. Outside of his people, he wasn't with the Israelites, but outside of the Egyptians, because he wasn't an Egyptian. They knew he was a Hebrew baby. And so he's living alienated in all these areas, in a place of conflict. But all these things did not stop the potential that God had for him. The potential of this not ordinary child, You see, with God, he he takes us where we are, uses everything we have, everything that happens, and there is nothing wasted because all these things, even the worst circumstances, are fuel for God in our lives. The possibility for something to happen. A few months ago, I had a client who had me do a lesson with them in Reno, Nevada. I had did a lesson for her in Upland with her dog, and then she met someone and they moved to Nevada. And so I did training for the other dogs that they had in Nevada. And as I was there working with them and doing the training, you know, 
they took me out to breakfast and started talking with them. And she said that I am the only Filipino I have met in Reno, Nevada. She said, I, no one at my work, no one at the places I shop, there is no Filipino food that I'm used to. She felt very alienated. And even the Mexican food, she said, was not as good as it is in California. Talk about alienation, right? No Mexican food. Outside of where you feel at home, this alienation, right? And you could see it in her face and in, in her voice, you could sense that there was a homesick, right? And, and she would say she would still come back home and visit family and stuff, but there wasn't the same. It wasn't home. And she's starting a new life with this man and wanting to develop this home, but she feels alienated. And I don't know, maybe you can relate to that, a sense where you just feel like you don't belong maybe with your family or you don't belong at work. You feel different. You feel misunderstood. The circumstances are there. But with God, even when you don't fit in, you belong. Even when you stand out, you don't stand alone. And that's what we see in this story with Moses. And sometimes we look at our lives, we see ourselves as damaged. We see ourselves as handicapped or paralyzed because of our faults, our failures. But I want you to know that God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He uses the weak things to make nothing the things that are mighty. That this is all material for God. Whatever mistakes you've made, whatever problems you have, whatever deficits you feel like are now part of your persona, God doesn't see them that way. He sees them as fuel to bring about change. Moses was placed outside because it was someone on the outside who could reach an entire nation that had been marginalized and restore their purpose. God takes us where we are and all that has happened and will use it so that we can be useful to those in need. It says in verse 22 that Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. What a waste of education, right? Why is he gonna need all of this information about Egypt when he is going to lead the Israelites, all that time, all that effort, learning all these things, how are they going to be useful to what he is going to be doing? Right? It's a totally different culture. It's a totally different mindset. He's not going to be in Egypt. He's not going to be in the geography where they are at. He's going to be wandering in a wilderness. He's going to be leading a whole different culture to a different place. Right, But your education isn't accidental. The things you learn aren't by accident, and what has happened to you isn't incidental. Everything in your life is an opportunity waiting to be born. Right? I mean, I've gone from being a pastor to a fire sprinkler engineer to a yard dog of a lumber company to a dog trainer. Right? And, and each and every experience is part of my life education. There are things I have learned about life in each of these spaces. Nothing is wasted. 
if we are willing to see it as school and see that God is working in all these circumstances to do a deeper work in our lives. Every job you've had, every relationship that has broken your heart, every mistake that you've made, God can make it into a school of learning so that you can be of service to him in his kingdom in this world. It's okay, Joe, we love you. You know, I talked to a few people over this past week, and I'm so fortunate, I was telling Corrine this morning, I'm so fortunate that I have people who, one, feel comfortable to talk to me about things that they disagree with, feel comfortable to talk to me and give me critique, and that it's coming from a place of love. And I've had a few conversations this week about some things in that realm, and it was very good, very productive for me. I I was able to see things that I was blind to. I also in this week had conversations with people who said in the same topic that they really have benefited from some of the things that I've been saying and doing. And so I, I've got you know people helping me to see more here and helping people helping me to be encouraged with what I'm doing here. And it's happening at the same time. And, and I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, God, this is all for me to get better. This is all for me to grow. This is all for me to listen. This is all for me to be able to take what's given to me, to process it and allow it to be a work that you're doing. And then we had a a workshop. It's called AFA, Art for Artists. And it's one of the workshops that has started up that we're going to start. And it's it's going to be, well, it's just a little bit unique and something that it's not going to be just like, everybody come here to do this. Everyone has to participate in what's being done. And so it's going to grow, but it's going to grow kind of in an organic way. But in this group, we had a couple of poets. We had a philosopher. We had me. Um, I, I was a public speaker, basically, and we had a musician. And we all started sharing, and it was so interesting that this group that was just invited from friends all came together, and it ended up talking about Christ more than I thought was going to happen. It was supposed to be our thing, but we ended up talking about Christ. And the one poet said how he was a Buddhist, and really it kind of led to him being a, a Christian. And then a, another you know, person talked about how their development in a very structured and... Um, gosh, I don't know how to say it except condemning church uh, process, very restrictive, led them to want to get out of it and actually find how God was working. And someone talking about just how they, you know, think is allowing them to grow and develop in these things. And I was just amazed how all these different places, people were coming to this understanding of Christ and it ended up being the dominant part of the conversation. And it's like... I just was like, wow, that was kind of cool. How did that happen, right? You see, nothing is wasted. Everything is an opportunity for God to speak, God for God to do something. And we would be open to all these different voices that are speaking to us. We could grow in so many ways. If you only listen to the people who agree with you, you're not learning anything. 
And I have to be open to people who disagree with me. And I have to be open to circumstances in my life that aren't good to still be opportunities for good to happen. Because God is big enough to make that happen. He's got an ecosystem of the world where he's doing it daily in multitudes of ways. He's doing it in our lives as well. Verse 22, it says, he was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action because with God, there is nothing wasted. He took that and he put it to use in his life. So if you're a teacher, the world needs you. If you're a used car salesman, the world needs you. If you're a stay-at-home mom, the world needs you. You see, none of these vocations limit you. They're all possibilities for education in the world that needs you. If we see that. Because you are no ordinary child. God is wanting to do something extraordinary in all of his children. Whenever you find yourself thinking that I'm stuck. Remember, God has a future for you that where you are can be helpful to where you want to be. Verse 23, it says, when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing him. Now, does anyone think this is a good idea? right? This is not a good idea. He goes to him and goes, I'm going to show them that God is with me, and he kills them, right? And then verse 25, it says, Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. Huh. You would think killing someone would make people accept you, right? I mean, it just didn't work. It was not a good idea. And a lot of times we take our heroes in scripture and we want to make, oh yeah, it was okay. This was not okay. This is not a good thing. And we can see that Moses was surprised by this, that they, they didn't trust him. And, and think of how broken Moses was and probably because of that learning and growing in Egypt where he thought that this was the right way to show them something. This was the right way to help them see that God was sending him to help them. Moses killed someone and had to flee for his life for the next 40 years. You flee when you're afraid. I wonder... How does the work for you as a leader of people resume? Moses didn't even think that he had done anything wrong until it was brought up by the Israelite. And then in verse 29 says, Moses heard this, he fled to Midian where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. He had to flee because he was afraid and then he settled. And those are haunting words, settled. 
There are times when I feel it's too late and I settle. There's times when I feel I'm too old, I'm too exhausted and I want to settle. I, I don't have the energy. I don't have the imagination. I don't feel it anymore, especially after a pandemic. Man, it has taken so much out of us. We've got a society that is PTSD from the things we've gone through. Our children and what they've gone through Let's not get back to normal. Let's, let's hear their story. Let's let them speak to us. Because a lot of us are just feeling like it, it, it's too much and we settle. We're just gonna settle into this place. Moses killed someone, fled for his life, and for the next 40 years, he settled. I wanna ask the question, are you settling? With all that's happened, Do you think you've missed the boat, missed the opportunity? Are you exhausted? Has the past year beaten you up, beaten you down and just left you exhausted? Is this what's happening? And if it is, I hope these words find their way to encourage you. Maybe this past year has taken the fight out of your life, but When an animal stops moving, they start dying. And maybe you need to let the past be a lesson that God uses to build a new future and not let it be a period, but just a comma so that your life continues past this, right? Every time you failed, you thought it was a waste, but God made it fertilizer. Think about that. It's not a waste, it's fertilizer. Every failure God will use as a way of making you stronger, of making you more honest, of making you more authentic, of making you more trustworthy, making you more successful in the ways that matter. Every failure is fertilizer for your soul if you will allow God to move you and not settle. Most of us don't keep failing at the same things. I think most of us just settle for less. We, we reach a little bit lower, right? We, we don't want to move as much. You settle for less because you thought you weren't enough. You thought you couldn't do. You thought you were the worst moments of your life instead of seeing the best moments could still be ahead. You didn't believe that God could create a new you when God has always created you for more because all of us, like my grandchildren, are no ordinary children. All of us. And then it says in verse 30, after 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert Mount Sinai. And when he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groanings and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back. Amazing, 40 years. 
and he he sees this bush that's burning. And there are thought in for many rabbis that every bush is actually burning and alive with God. We just don't see it. But for some reason at this point and at this time, Moses saw the bush that was burning. He was able to see that God was speaking. And then the Lord tells him, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. And, and I always wondered, why do you have to take your shoes off from holy ground? What's the difference if you're barefoot on holy ground or if you're wearing sandals on holy ground? Right? Is it just the dirt's different here? Well, you just carried dirt from there to here. Now you're going to put the dirt on your feet again. And I think what God is wanting to do is have nothing in between you and him. Get rid of even that layer of leather that is in between you and him. Get everything that is in between you and God out of the way because holiness is meant to consume who you are because there is nothing in your life that cannot be consumed by God. Nothing in your life that is a waste. There is nothing in our lives that God cannot restore, redeem, and revive life within us. And this is a turning point for Moses. God's going to send you back. Send me back, right? And God is going to send us back, whether it be literally or metaphorically, to a place where you were at your worst, to the place where you are broken, to the past where you have failed, where you were settling, and he will help you grow there to heal to change, to succeed where it is most important. He is not going to leave you, abandon you, and let you settle. All you have to do is see the bush that's burning. Go up to it, hear the voice that's talking. Get rid of anything that is in between you and the holiness of God and allow that fire to consume you even as it did Moses. Those places that we keep burying and burying because we don't have the courage or strength to deal with them, God has been waiting to use them to make us new. Right? And then Stephen writes in verse 35, this is the same Moses. What does he mean? This is the same Moses. This is the same Moses who was left to die. Right? This is the same Moses who was raised by the Egyptians. This is the same Moses who was torn in his identity. The same Moses who killed the Egyptian. The same Moses who was ridiculed and said, who made you a ruler and judge over us? The same Moses who fled for his life, the same Moses who settled for the 40 years. It's the same Moses that did this incredible thing that delivered the people. You see, it's the same you that made that mistake. It's the same you that failed to do this. It's the same you that's exhausted, that is withdrawn. It is the same you that God wants to use for his purposes, for his kingdom. And by the way, this is what Jesus does. Revelation 21 says that, behold, I make all things new. This is the purpose of Christ. In him, we are a new creation. What is God doing? He is taking all the old and he is changing us from that to something new. The same Moses God took to set 
these people free. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. After spending 40 years in the wilderness settling, God then is going to use Moses for 40 years to lead the people to a land of promise and point to the one who was to come, which is Jesus. The one who forgives and restores. The one who makes all things new. The one who takes you right where you are and proves that you are no ordinary child because you belong to him. Let's pray. Father, it has been a rough year and even more. So many things have happened. There have been so many areas of struggle and conflict in our lives personally, in our lives nationally. And Lord, we may have the tendency to want to ignore the the bad that has happened, not have to deal with it, just push it to the side. But you are wanting to take all the hardship, all the heartache, all the struggles and all the tensions and use them to produce in us the change we need to help others who are in those same situations. And God, it is the work of Christ to make all things new. And and we in Christ want to be that source of change to the people who are hurting just like we've hurt, to those people who are still struggling and feeling alienated, to those who have maybe lost their way Lord, may we be fuel for them. Help them too to see that there is nothing wasted with you. That you can take what is broken and make it whole. Take what is lost, make it found. God, continue that with us. May our eyes be open to see what needs to happen in our own lives. And may we take this good news to those around us. We do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Gosh, it feels good to just even say that, you know. (laughs) May you not settle but inquire why the bush is burning and hear the voice of God that leads you to hope, turns the waste into fuel, takes the broken pieces of your life and makes them fuel for a future. God bless you guys. Love you. So good to hear and see you. Take care. We'll be back next week.
You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.